I really learned to use the feng shui, the bagua, and really create a layout with the idea of the right energies, using the right elements, using different materials that gives you that harmony, that balance, that supports families in their home. And then it gave me a whole new vision, new life goals, new dreams. You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver of their own lives through the lives and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shirley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And wow, I know that I've not been consistent in putting out episodes and you know, I kind of, I want to acknowledge that. I know that I miss a week here and there. So, you know, on the one hand, I apologize for the impact of that. I do intend to be more consistent in September. And on the other, I want to say this is a year like no other. And I want to acknowledge that I'm not keeping up like I normally do. And I don't know if there's anyone out there who's feeling the same. I'm sure there are. So, you know, raise your hand if you're like, wow, I am just about keeping up. What I'm finding is, you know, I have my focus on my work and I have my focus on my family. This is part of my work, the podcast, but it is like my additional part. So sometimes we have to let things drop. You know, sometimes it's been an intentional choice to say that plate is going to fall because I can't keep spinning that one if I need to keep keep on top of the other things that I'm working on and to give myself space to take it down a notch in order to accomplish the things I want to accomplish. I want to say that because I know that sometimes, you know, with the things that we put out on social media, we can present an image and in the podcast maybe that I've got it all handled and it's just not the case. You know, I've got some of it handled and there's some things where I have to kind of like let things go. So I apologize that you are the ones who, who I let go. You know, I say this is also to share with you so that if there are some times when you need to not, you can't handle it all and you've got to look for what are the things that I can pause what are the things that I can not do for a week or two to kind of catch my breath then look proactively at what you can do in order to do that this year is kicking our butts all of us wherever you are in the world and so we need to pay attention to that this month September is self-improvement month I think it's whilst it's like all about you know self-development and self-awareness and any any aspects of ourselves that we want to get be better and do better I think one of the things that we can all do better at is self-care and paying attention. And I know that I need to pay attention more and more, even more this year. And I really, if you're not paying attention to your self-care, I invite you to do the same. So this last week, one of the things I was dealing with a number of things. One of the things that I made sure that I did is I made sure that I got sleep. I went to bed earlier than normal. And that is an intentional act because when we sleep, we heal. So I can focus, focus and and restore energy. I'm going to keep this theme around self-improvement the whole of September. And I'm going to invite you to do the same. So stay tuned on the podcast and stay tuned on Facebook because I'm now, as of next week, we're going to start having conversations around self-improvement. And what does it mean after Labor Day weekend? With that, I just before we go into the interview, I'd love for you to rate and review. She's got drive. If it's a, if it's if you see you're getting value, if you enjoy listening to it, if you are new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you for listening and becoming um, a listener of She's Got Drive. Let me. I'm always love to hear from you as well to see what you're getting from the podcast episodes as well. It's, that's awesome when I when I get comments and questions and and uh, messages from you I appreciate you so much Uh, the link is in the show notes to rate and review okay so let me tell you about Marie Marie is the founder and principal of Marie Burgos Design and that company is a multi-award winning French interior designer and she's the founder of her own design collection which is a growing line of home furnishing and they are beautiful when you go onto her site and you go to her store, it's absolutely beautiful. 
through her work, she combines the principles of Feng Shui with the vision for all of her clients. She creates interiors that are harmonious and sophisticated and functional. She is Feng Shui certified master and which always plays an important role in bringing a harmonious balance in the spaces in which she works. She was born and raised in Paris and she draws inspiration from both French design and her family's native home of Martinique. I know you're going to really enjoy these interviews. It's going to be a part one and a part two next week. So I give you Marie. So I'm excited to speak to you today. So thank you for saying yes. Thank um, you for, you know, inviting me. I'm just like, I'm thrilled. It's great to have some positive things happening with all the turmoil, all the pain, all the frustration, mm-hmm. everything that's happening at the moment. You're frustrated, you're, you feel hopeless, you're worried right. uh, for your family and everything. It's just... It's just a lot to take in and you like this monster that is racism is like, when is this going to end? Right. Uh, and what can we do to improve, you know, to, to, to make a change, to make right. all like more people aware of it. Like, don't think like, oh, okay, it's just, uh, well, this, we're having a crisis now. No, Mm-mm. it's been like life story is the story of our grandparents exactly. and great grandparents it's like it's just it carries on it's like my daughter did the a keynote presentation on uh, rosa park mm-hmm. uh she's eight it was like discovering the history of america because my children were both born in america i wasn't born here i was born in, in paris. paris right it was you know so we've learned about rosa parks together really and then she was so you know enthusiastic about it and she called she called Rosa Parks her shiro and I was so like it was like such a proud mommy moment right (laughs) and then the following week this is happening it's like we thought we made like big steps Mm -hmm. and no we're still at the same point it's like it's tiny steps and but the monster is still here yep so heavy that's you know i I literally spent most of Saturday just in tears. I just couldn't stop. The tears were for our children. The tears were for the many microaggressions that I've experienced in my life. The tears were for my parents and the struggle. I think of their struggle, their daily struggle to make a life for the family, to get ahead, to support, to go beyond, you know, having, you know, left the Caribbean to go to the UK to make a better life and the struggle. And you just think there's so much that's so unseen in terms of the experiences of It's so much like, you know, it's expected of us and then nothing is given really. So Mm -hmm. like you wonder like what's, you know, our, my children are five and eight, like what's next for them, you know, where, how can I protect them? How can I arm them for prepare them right. uh, the best way, not for them to be fighters, but to be happy? Yeah. Just, you know, like just find a way, like where's the happiness? Where's the peace? Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously you're going to, you have to fight for a cause. You have to fight. That's, that's the whole life purpose is like, okay, what are we passionate about? Right. It's like you don't want to get into a passion and be like because it's it's built on on hate. It's okay. built on on all pain and no, we want it to be built on okay, my, my, my daughter is a unicorn and butterflies. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like my yeah. my son is a superhero. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like how can we like take those positive images and carry on carry on, still being in a fight, still being, you know, give them the awareness that they have to, you know, be straight on the ground and right. like lift their head up and look ahead and take decisions and be assertive and ask for their rights and, you know, take what is owed. Right. But at the same time, it's like how, like, can they do that with a light heart, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not heavy shoulders, mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, so the passing of the messages and the, the passing of, you know, and, and all the images that we see are about fighting or about confrontation at the moment. So it's just like we're trying to make them understand. But at the same time, it's like, no, 
take don't take on brush like learn from it and see hey you know what's the hope mm-hmm. after that what mm-hmm. can we do as the parent it's another it's another profession it's a whole nother it really is I think it's such an interesting conversation around our children because I've been I think we have been very deliberate about really limiting as they've been growing up the the conversations around race I know there's the whole conversation is like you at some point you have to have the conversation conversation right and how do you delay as much as possible before that conversation is had how do you try to create the experience of childhood that for as long as possible that other children get to have you know so they get they do have unicorns and fairies and superheroes and all of that and they don't have to confront the harshness of it and if you can protect them for a period, then you protect them as long as you can. I for my that has been our, our yes. like shield them for as long as you can. And then as things are arising, then you're dealing with them. But you yeah. are figuring out this. Let's talk, just deal with it in this way. I don't need you to know the full exactly. weight of it and yet. I, mm-hmm. I agree with you because that builds also the character. That builds the self confidence. That right. builds who they are, their personality. And I and honestly, like, today, I can, like, I, I mean, they, I realize they're going fast. They told, you know, they tell you when you get pregnant, it's like, okay, you better enjoy it because it's going to go so fast. Right. It does. It really does. <laughs> you know? It really does. And, and, you know, I can't wait to see who they're going to be, what their little personality is going to, you know, unfold yeah. Yeah. into it. Just who's, who are they going to be? And that's, it's kind of a magical trying to project those things, you know, positive things like, okay, my daughter's going to be there, my son's going to be there. Like not, I'm not talking about professions. No, it's really, I'm just like talking beings. about mm-hmm. beings, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. That's the spirit those days, these days, because you really have to reflect. You really mm-hmm. have to like, you just like get chalked up with, you know, everything that happened uh, with George Floyd and with all the, the, the other lives that were lost, the other black lives that were lost unfairly and really yeah. with cruelty. So it's like, what's next? Like, it's just like, okay, I'm, try- I'm still trying to process. Yeah, hey, yeah. So I think one of the things that our children, are, the plan is for our children to go to Europe to do their, their when they go to college. That's the plan. The plan is that... And I, this weekend, I was like, my daughter's got two more years, which is going to go like that, you know? And there was part of me on Saturday was just like, I can't wait for her to go. Now, not from the personal perspective of her not being around, but I was like, I do not want her in this space. And isn't that racism doesn't exist in the UK? Absolutely is thriving there, you know? If we've got our own version of that or she, you know, wherever she chooses Mm -hmm. to study. It will be there, but it has, right? But it has a different edge here. It has a particular nuance that is very violent. It absolutely is the violence here that the delivery of it is just, right. It's really like it goes to the core, right? Makes you fear for your life. You're not, afraid for your life in the UK or in uh, or in France right. because of the colour of your skin. Here you are. Yeah. And yeah. it's like I don't want my you know, and it's hard to when your parents to think, okay, my children are gonna leave that. No, we don't want that Mm-mm. for our children. So hopefully yeah. I'm you know, I'm like looking at better horizons. <laughs> like trying to like project and pray and you know, try to uh, focus on things that makes us happy, focus on my professions, focus mm-hmm. on my family, mm-hmm. focus on, um, you know, on the journey also, like what I've learned along the way and my experiences. And if, so I can really get, get the, get to the, uh, get the right energy, you know, get mm-hmm. the right energy that would all of us. Yeah. And you're creating as you go. 
because you because that's the Absolutely. other thing isn't it and you're just we are just kind of in truth particularly as parents we're just making it up you know for the most part Absolutely. right as they Absolutely. Absolutely. there's you know there's no recipe there was no there's no book no, really. No, there's no there recipe. really isn't there's no book and for when you and yours right. when you're an immigrant really you don't have family next I mean, close mm-hmm. by. Like my husband, like grew up in Martinique. He was raised by the village, you know. Right. <laughs> Literally yeah. by the whole neighborhood. Yeah. I was born in Paris, and it was just my parents and my brothers. And okay. then when we would go to Martinique for vacation, once every three years, uh, we would like really be embraced by the family. Mm-hmm. I have like over fifty cousins because right. my my dad is from a family of ten, my mother family of five, so just big family right uh but uh here it's just us with the kids (laughs) so it's it's really you have to go out of the country to find family yeah so so we Mm. created our own family here so we have uncles and aunts you know (laughs) who are like close friends who we have friends like for like 12 years 15 years the same friends because we've been in i've been in new york since 2002 and then we moved to Los Angeles a couple of years ago. And, okay. and I've been going back and forth between New York, LA for, for, uh, for business and also to Portland and also to Florida for more business. So it's just been like, I've been everywhere until February when everything stopped. When you came to a stop with, with that, what are you, is there something that you're discovering in the stop? about you know because I know there's some things that I'm learning in the stop you know I I usually try I'm usually on the road at least every couple of weeks so is what are you discovering in the stop I've I've discovered a lot of things internally and also my family wise and also the business that because I was always in a flat on a flight Mm -hmm. you know going to New York to LA to Portland to wherever and um and you know, talking to the team, the contractors, the architects and getting involved and, and dropping the kids in school and going back and running to somewhere. Right. It was the first time that, you know, as a family, we're a family of four mm-hmm. and that we, you know, found ourselves 24-7 at home. And I realized that, well, I've missed that. I haven't, you know, seen that. Like we haven't had like lunch and dinner and, you know, right. and getting to watch a movie all together as a family and rediscovered the family unit. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing about it. Uh, also, like, I got extra sleep. Yes. <laughs> I, got, you know, I got to, like, meditate a little bit. I got to, like, get a routine for a workout, mm-hmm. you know, like, get a little bit of self-care, uh, which I didn't have time to do. And business-wise, it was interesting to sit down and, and, and make a point of where are we with business. The business is 12 years old. We started in New York, worked in different uh, cities now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do residential design, commercial design. We also launched a, a line of products two years ago. Uh, we relocated to Los Angeles from New York. So we bought a second property to, and we live there. We moved the whole family. <laughs> and it's a family business. It's my husband and I, and we have a small team. Right. Uh, some of them are in New York and in LA. It's been like, make a point of where, where are we today? Mm. Uh, how are we doing? Uh, what our systems are? Uh, how can we improve them? Lately, it's been, it's been about curating basically the business curating the marketing mm. um, uh, looking at what opportunities we have to give, provide better service to provide better products to define the brand better mm. to promote it better to be a better business owner things that i've learned I, I didn't know how to do seo so i've learned now i know a little bit more of a back office of my own website you know which <laughs> was delegated to somebody else so right. i'm still doing it with him but I'm understanding the process and I can do some of it. You know, the social media is another beast by itself. That's right. <laughs> I, I've been able to sit down and study and, and learn and progress and make some improvement. And doing that, actually, I even expanded. I have more product sales. Expanded the business yeah. in a way they didn't expect. I was like, okay, now I cannot visit my job site. I cannot meet my clients. But what can I do? Right. I can still 
you know, keep my relationship with my clients, make sure everybody is all right, but keep my relationship with my contractors, with the people I work with, with the vendors, with architects. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a big, 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 I mean, that's the main part really of the business. Right. Uh, designer is relationships. You can't do without relationships. Yes. And this is what makes the business also enjoyable is like, because you're exchanging ideas, you're exchanging your creativity. You some uh, So you come up with ideas as a z- designer and the contractor is able to translate it. Yes. Or the product manufacturer is, bit to, is, is able to actually create the piece that you spend time drawing. Right. So it's just been revelations for me that I am really passionate about what I do Mm. whether I'm still running and taking planes or or whether I'm sitting in front of the desk most of the day (laughs) and and, then trying to figure out how to make better products or improving you know my business process how to manage projects and how to manage projects at a distance which I was already doing because we work in different cities but it's really now it's like it's the next step Right. So it's like how to improve all these this systems. And also like uh, the connections that you have, not only with the people you work with, but the people mm-hmm. you live. My husband and I not only live together, but work together. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's been like a whole learning, like how to communicate better, how to separate the part, the private part of us as a couple, us as a family, and then the business, because before I was, okay, I'm, I'm leaving, bye, see you tonight, you know, I'm going to the office. <laughs> and he was going on the job site, or he had a photo shoot or something. Yeah. But now it's like, all we're both time. here all the time. <laughs> so it's been also like a challenge at the beginning, mm-hmm. a challenge of the relationship, mm-hmm. on the family communication, on the, the, which also like affects the business. We had a crisis, mm-hmm. I feel like five weeks and then after that it unfolded a whole new world of communications and understanding and saying the things we haven't been saying before mm. and uh, renewing you, you all like we felt like we're renewing valves you know right right yes <laughs> okay yes I love you and let, yes we're making everything possible to go through this period, which is a hard period, but actually it became an easier period, an easier moment because we suddenly got on the same page and said, right. yes, hand in hand. The fact that uh, Mother Nature forced us to be in confinement, mm-hmm. you know, in quarantine, it's just resetted a whole lot of different buttons and in a positive way. Yeah, and I, fabulous. For us, and I know some people uh, are going through very very tough time mm-hmm. people have lost family members and mm-hmm. sometimes it, it, it hits very close to the heart to to home mm-hmm. and we've been trying to help you know the people who who are uh, who've been around us and people who've been looking out after children people who've been uh, looking after uh who have been our neighbors uh, in new york in los angeles and, it, and it's been like really a matter of uh communicating and thinking of others and praying together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Each other. there's a balance to, to the whole thing it's like there's been crisis and they've been very difficult moments when we came out after yeah. the 2008-2009 crisis it's like reopening new doors yeah. reopening new uh, making us realize what is really important yeah. making us like question ourselves are we taking the right decisions are we focusing do we have the right priorities we're just like shaking all that and uh, put everything in perspective and give us it gave me new hopes and new dreams and new visions and just open it. I guess the extra sleep also helped yeah <laughs> I think the slowing down mm-hmm. allows for this just the space to do the thinking do the reflection and do the seeing you know, when you're moving so fast, you literally can't even see, really see each other or in the room. You know, like if I think about, you know, my husband would leave on Monday, come back Thursday. 
And then I might leave on Tuesday, come back Friday or leave on Wednesday, come back Friday. Cause I only have one or I leave on, you know, and then yeah. the weekend is like basketball, rowing, you know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> shopping. And then you might, okay, we'll make some pizza, but you're not really being together in the same way. And you're not really seeing what's really needed, what you need, what others need. So the slowing down is everything. There's so much that you shared that was really resonating with me. And, I, you know, so I'm, I'm one of my commitments is like, how do you, the things that we have valued and have gained, how do we hold on to those things? Whatever mm-hmm. that shape becomes, there's the thing that gets determined when, as things start to open up and as things, as whatever, this 18 month to two year window that we're in of this journey together around COVID. Mm-hmm. And then there's the... What is it that I want for my life and for my family? And how do I marry that with what I want for my work? And what does that look like? Yeah, so it's, it's raising so many questions. And I'd like to get to some answers before Absolutely. we get to the <laughs> place where we are actually, where the, where the pull to get back on the plane is there, yeah. you know, or the demand, if you like, from, from clients to get back on, on the plane what's happening with me and what are the choices that I'm going to be making inside of the broader picture that is my life? It opens new doors. First of all, you find strengths and skills that you discover things about you that you know you had. Mm -hmm. And that makes a whole difference because then after that, then there's things you thought you didn't know how to do, then you know how to do. You've learned because, okay, you're in a situation where, okay, well, I, I have to know how to cut my son's hair because <laughs> I can't go to the hair salon <laughs> I have to know how to make some bread and I learned yeah. to you know normal families from maybe like 40 years earlier with no with we're no doing all the do time it. yeah so you're right all the yeah. time yeah and we didn't know how to do those things so it, it just like brought in new things for me which are you know very thankful about actually mm-hmm. Uh, it was a shock at the beginning, a scare, and then now it's more of a, okay, these things happen for a reason. And it gives us new strengths, new potential, really. So Yeah, I'm curious about, I'm holding curiosity about how you got started in the first place, because it, it, it's quite unusual. I, I think one of the things that had me want to speak to you, it's, it's so unusual to have an interior designer like yourself doing the work that you're doing, building this the kind of business that you're building in such beautiful, I mean, in the, in, it's so beautiful, you do such beautiful work. So I'm curious about where did it begin and how challenging or easy, how's it been to create a business like you've created? Well, first of all, I was born in the in Paris suburbs and mm-hmm. uh, so I'm a, from a family that has not, doesn't have big means mm-hmm. uh, and they originated from the island of Martinique. Mm-hmm. My family is very creative also. Mm-hmm. My mother's a painter. I have a grandfather who was a fisherman, mm-hmm. but he used to carve cultures, carve instruments. And then in my journey, I found that I couldn't stay in place. I needed to, um, I'm always be, I've always been very competitive, mm-hmm. very adventurous, <laughs> curious. Okay. Curious of uh, what's out there and what we're like. I used to have on my desk, over in my bedroom when I was a, a teenager, like postcards of all different countries of the world, all different cities of the world. And then I ended up visiting a lot of them. So when I worked in in France, I worked in Luxembourg, I worked in in the UK, in London. Mm-hmm. I lived in London for seven years. I worked in New York. I started my career as a manager. For, for restaurants. I did not do a design school at the beginning. I went to business school. So, and then after that, so I started working in restaurants and I was managing team, managing restaurants, opening new stores. And I did that in those different countries mm-hmm. and arrived finally in the US with the last company I was working for, uh, who's Prêt à Manger. I don't know if you're yeah. familiar with Yeah, yeah. All in absolutely. Was, yes. Part of the management team that came to the to the U.S. to okay. open the business here uh, in 2002, and I worked in total for them 10 years between the U.K. and and New York. And uh, I went back to school. I was at a at the stage where I was feeling bored with my career. The creativity was kicking in. My family is creative. I married a photographer. <laughs> my brother is an executive chef. My other brother is a musician. Yeah who actually does concerts and 
<laughs> so it's like the creativity was always there in that right. time. I was the only one who was working in the corporate industry, uh, managing P&Ls and right. people. <laughs> so at one stage, you know, I decided to go back to school. I first discovered feng shui, actually. I was very unhappy at, at the time of my life. It was around 2005. I was trying to figure out what to do next. Mm-hmm. Even in my career, I mean, in, in, uh, in the food industry, I was really like known as the manager who had everything like, a line, everything had to be color-coded, the display had to be perfect, the uniform had to a pristine. <laughs> I was always like, for me, presentation was, you know, uh, very important. And uh, so I had an order of things. And it was throughout the 15 years that I worked in the food industry, it was always like that very organized and 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 also like in this career in the food industry managing restaurant managing teams i've grabbed in so many skills like uh, leadership communication organizing planning right. you know like communicating uh, managing people so it was all those specific skills that you need to run a business mm-hmm. i've learned them so when I went back to school, I went, I went to NYU to okay. learn about design. I wanted to have a hobby. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, it just, uh, it didn't plan out like this at all. I ended up like doing feng shui in my home, like certify as a feng shui expert because I use all my vacation time to go on seminars for feng shui yeah. and just got passionate about it. I went to school uh, at NYU, all the uh, design classes, the evening classes, the weekend classes, the everything off the jo- every hour, every minute that I had of my almost 80 hour week of, of uh, corporate work, I would spend it, you know, uh, in school. And then when I graduated, I started like really questioning where I was like, mm-hmm. and, and uh, it just opened all the doors. At one stage I had uh, a client and I was still working <laughs> full time. I had to make a decision because it happened for six months and I was exhausted and I could not do anything fully, 100%. Right. So I had to quit the job and it was 2008. Oh, and 2008. great timing. <laughs> but I was aching. I was wow. My had whole enough. frame, my whole body I needed to create. Uh, and, uh, I just, you know, I left the job. I left, uh, I left the whole career. I left, uh, uh, I left bonuses, <laughs> for <laughs> but it changed my life. I never looked back. Wow. My life changed also with Frank Shui because brand new energy came. I uh, met my husband. I had children. Mm-hmm. I bought properties. It's just, the business like unfolded itself and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. It's been a long road. I mean, the business is 12 years old now, mm-hmm. but it's only be like every time a new milestone, every time a new lesson. And we had like things we had to learn. I'm a designer, designer who's kind of self-taught. I did a certification as a designer, but I haven't done internships. I haven't right. worked for a designer before. Right. So you're learning I've, as you get, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So learn you know as I as I went through and but all my business skills my corporate skills were really my stronger lies because I've learned you know to present projects so like I really combined all my business skills of managing people's mm-hmm. managing job sites managing budgets mm-hmm. to create a beautiful project combined with you know the vision of a beautiful space right and adding the feng shui energy because I really learned to, you know, use the feng shui, the bagua, and really create layout with the idea of the right energy in place, uh, using the right elements, using different materials that creates, that gives you that harmony, that balance, that supports families in their home. And then it gave me a whole new life goal, you know, <laughs> a set of all new, new vision, new life goals, new dreams. As I was evaluating, and it's still a reality today. I'm every day, maybe not every day, but you know, regularly come up with new ideas, new visions, new things we I want to do, and uh, and I'm very, very 
blessed that I have a husband who just supports every new idea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the crazy person in the family. It's, but he drives the rest of, he drives, he lifts up everybody. Yes. And that, that's how it's been. What a <laughs> fantastic, it's so there's so much in there I mean in the the fact that you had the courage to take to leave your job at the time which was probably one of the worst times until now but because the calling for you to be that was so strong and the kind of inner knowing of what you're meant to be doing with in with your work and the tr- and then trusting that and it has paid off in terms of that hasn't it it really yeah, has absolutely it's 2008, 2009, I think up to 2010, those two years, 2008, mm-hmm. 2010, were very difficult. I thought I had like a mountain of savings and not really. And <laughs> <laughs> not when you're living, it's a very different, when you've got the savings and, you're, and you've got work and then you haven't got work, that savings can go down really quickly. Exactly, yeah. just plummeted. <laughs> and then I ended up sharing my apartment and uh, sleeping on an air mattress. <laughs> I, I had very lows that survived this period. If we survive 2009, we'll survive right. anything afterwards. Right. And after that, it's only been, you know, up and up and up. And the curve has been, you know, bringing us many blessings. I, I cannot, you know, I cannot thank God enough for all this. The main thing is never doubting. I refuse to doubt. Well, I right. refuse to, uh, to question. Right. You want to keep believing because this is what hold me through those two years, those two difficult years in 2008, 2010. It's like the belief is like, yes, I'm blogging. Nobody's buying. <laughs> <laughs> no one's reading yes. it. Yeah. No yeah. one's reading it. Uh, and actually, no, people were reading yeah. it. Like, oh, I'm blogging. You know, it's just at the time you didn't have any job. So you had, I had to focus on what made me happy. Right. Made me happy to talk about design, talk about feng shui, talk about your interior, talk about color, talk about you know how mm-hmm. your space basically is supportive of your whole life, right. and it carries you. So you want to make sure it's harmonious. It has your colors, your materials that you feel right. It's not just creating a beautiful space for people. It's about creating a space where they feel. Right, where they feel good. Right, yes. And that's where they're resourcing themselves. You want to have the right energy creating in the space. So I've had the time for the, to develop all this thinking during those two years. And then, you know, and then it, things then it, open up, the sky open up again. It's so good because it, it, the trusting, the consistency, when we see people at the point where you are, I look at your site, for example, if someone, people are going to go to your site. And when you go to your site, it's just like, oh, my God, this is so beautiful. And, yeah, so they're not going to know those two tough years. They're not going to know that you're blogging and no one, in the beginning, the first blog, I mean, unless it's your friend, no one's reading it. I mean, it's just like the first podcast episode. You know, it's a funny thing when you're putting things out and you think, there's literally no one listening to this apart from my family. At some point, someone will write to you and you go, oh my God, someone's actually listened to it. Or, oh my God, someone's read it. Yes, right. (laughs) My children actually have this move now. They develop their happy dance moves. Right. So we're celebrating any any little wins. (laughs) That's right. Celebrate the wins, large and small. Yeah. But the trusting, the faith, the trusting, as you said, they're not doubting, they're not questioning, like, I'm, this is what I'm meant to it, do. And so yes. you're, and then you get creative on the survival. What do you need yes, to survive in the absolutely. moment? But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I think also the surrounding you have, it's like surrounding yourself of those people who are in your corner, on yeah. your side, who are going to be like cheering you up, who are going to be like, who are there for you. Uh, I had the, the time where, like, okay, people were in my life telling me, oh, you're not a, you don't have experience in that. You don't know what you're doing. Just go back to work. <laughs> like, like, no, that's what I want to do. And then they try to infiltrate the doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And these people you have to drop right away <laughs> because they don't believe in you. They don't love you, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's really, like, it's important um, to surround yourself of 
cheerleaders, you know, people who are going to, if they don't show you the way, but at least they're going to lift you so you can find the way. They're going to lift you up. They're going to feed you in a little bit of positive energy so you can carry on. Because that's what they... Little wins with you. Exactly. Because they know what it's taken for you to win to... Absolutely. You know, coming across you again... I remember in the early days when, when I was in my 20s and I had my first house and I was, um, and Feng Shui, and I had my first house and had no money. Let's just put it because I took everything to get the first house. So I was living from credit card to credit card, but that's another story. And I remember coming across Feng Shui and I was really into it at that point. And then it kind of disappeared as a thing, you know, but I, but I'm, so I'm curious about what are the core things that you would say that people would want to think about in terms of their home or is it too specific to space that you can't share some core principles what would you say about core principles first of all it's it feng shui is not a like crazy science it's really like based on nature and it works with your intentions your intention your heart your head what you want to you know create what you envisioning so you want to envision positive things. And Feng Shui is the tool to help you get to those visions. Okay. We use like different elements. Like we use the, the principle of yin and yang. There's a balance in everything. Mm-hmm. You have dark and light. You have, you know, uh, hard surfaces and you have soft surfaces. Mm-hmm. You have straight lines and you have curves. You have, so, so you want to combine all these things that you find in nature, all these different shapes, all this light and dark, and with them inside your home, really. Right. That can be with furniture, that can be with material, a glass coffee table against a beautiful like sofa with plush pillows. Right. You know, so like how to balance those things. There's also the use of the five natural elements. So the five natural elements are water wood, fire, earth, metal. Mm -hmm. So they all work together on what we call a constructive cycle. If one is taken out, it's not a cycle anymore. It's just missing out something. So you want to make sure you have all those elements. And that's what I'm trying to bring in into all my design, all my, all the, and also in the products, I want to have this balance because it's about creating uh, well-being. Hmm. Uh, it's really about creating well-being. Your space is not supposed to be just beautiful. It's supposed to be supportive of you, right. of your lifestyle, who you want to be, your health, and support every single member of your family. So that there must be also, when designing spaces, when you're designing a home, consideration for each member of the family, what needs, what each person needs. Wow. Uh, and making harmonious. So those five natural elements are integrated, you know, in different ways with materials, with shapes, with colors. So, and it's, they are different for everybody, but they all need to be integrated in a way. Uh, some people can't stand color. I mean, they like afraid of color or they prefer mm-hmm. white walls, fine. But how can we integrate all the elements like with wood, with glass, with uh, with the metal, uh, mm-hmm. different finishes, textures, which are bringing all those elements to make it balanced and harmonious. And then the last and very important element that I'm using is the she energy. Yes. So you want to make sure that the the energy comes into your space mm-hmm. and to nourish your space so it can be supportive of you. Right. So for that, no blockages at the door. You want to make sure that the she has open path throughout the whole space. Right. It's like I, I remember like before, when I started the business like 12 years ago, I mm-hmm. was doing some feng shui consultation, just purely feng shui consultation mm-hmm. for some clients. And uh, before having like larger design projects and townhouses to do and hotel rooms and things like that. So I had more time <laughs> and more like in words. And was like very perfecting my feng shui knowledge also. Mm -hmm. So I had like a client who said, okay, well, I keep, you know, not getting what I want. And I keep like, you know, bumping into things. It's not happening for me. Mm -hmm. So and we went to his home, met him in the lobby, went to his home. And the first thing that happened when he opened the door, 
he walked in and bumped his toe in the in a console table that was right there in the entrance. Right. I was like, what? He's like, oh, I always bump into that. I'm like, well, he's telling you. And it's just logical. Right. Troll, like intrasect, like plain. He's <laughs> telling you, move me away. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like in the path of the energy, you know. So it's like you block your energy every time you, you, you know, you hurt yourself there. Let's move this piece of furniture. Is either too big, not in the right place, you know. Right. So this is like, it's just a little example, but this is true. It's like imagery also is like, oh, I keep not finding, you know, having relationships. So let's look at what's on the wall, what representations of relationship you have in your space. And it's like you have one lonely woman on the <laughs> frame <laughs> on the wall. That's who you are. You're representing a lonely woman. Right, right. Be putting in, you know, two beings together, you know, yeah. even if it's or two, like two shapes. It doesn't have to be a couple on the wall. It can be two shapes mingling together. Right. It can be two, you know, there's a way to uh, imagery, basically, and objects around you really have an impact on you because this is what repetitively you see. Mm-hmm. So it's it's you integrating that. So if you keep saying, you know, like even like teenage room, like they have like fighters and monsters, like you could have superheroes, which are like a, a positive way mm-hmm. to, you know, bring in like this need of being the strongest, right. the, you know, uh, the best and my son is like that. It's like you have to have. <laughs> but if you have like monsters and like scary things mm-hmm. and then your child is starting to lose sleep, not doing well in school. And this, what are the representations? What do they see on a daily basis? What actually are they feeding the psyche with? Yes. You know, so there's like, there's something for everybody in feng shui and it's really a, it's a, a great way to, to analyze when you come in a home, analyze what's wrong, not just with the home, but basically how it affects the people who live there. Yes. Can, and it can affect their careers. It can affect their health. It affects, you know, relationships. Uh, so it's important to, and that's what I've, I've tried to do, uh, I mean, to the best of my ability when creating spaces, is thinking first about the people. It's not just... The actual oh, layout of the space. It's yeah, who's, exactly. who's in it. A beautiful picture for a magazine. No, it's about... Is it fulfilling your needs and your visions and what you want in life and how you want to be supportive and how you're resourcing yourself when you're not at work? I I want to have an impact on people, a positive impact on their life. Mm. Uh, And this is, uh, so I guess that's why this is not something I started with first uh, because I needed that to achieve that maturity and to find what I really wanted, what, what I was all about um, before I went to, uh, to design. Yeah, it's but, rooted in your commitment to people having healthy lives, having full lives. And so absolutely. like it's emerged out of that. And, and it, maybe, that's, maybe that's what's also present when you see the images of, the, of your work. Do you know what I mean? Because there is something that is, yeah there's something beyond the design that's that's it's emanating you know because it's not that because I said because it's not like we see I look through magazines and see beautiful spaces all the time yeah but there's mm-hmm. something about when I landed on your on your on your first it was on your Instagram I'm sure it was Instagram and then it was on your then I looked to your site and I was like wow there's really something very powerful so it makes a lot of sense to me when you're sharing that and it's also giving me it's having me so I'm like doing my own like clock of my home home going (laughs) am I bumping up against what am I bumping up against or oh my god I should clear that up or you know I'm totally having like (laughs) what images are on our wall things that don't make you happy has to be like there are things that there is an image that I've got that I'm like Keeping things that bring you happy memories, happy memories, happy, you know, happy feels, feelings. And it's not easy. Sometimes you have like some old 
you know, a sweater that whoever gave you is saying, <laughs> oh, it's like, and like, no, is it bringing you any happy memories? Right. Like piece of furniture or dishes that your great grandmother had, but it's just like, okay, that, that chair, that it's all, it's not your style. It's like, how right. can you make changes to it, like modify it to make it your style so it makes you happy or, you know, just, or, or, can or you just move on. Exactly. Let's, let's <laughs> take a picture <laughs> of it and move on. Or yeah. make somebody else happy. Yeah. And make a sweet deed. <laughs> so you're happy and they're happy. Yeah. So it's just like, what's, what are the solutions there? So it's like, it's as designers, I think it's, it's about that creating, like coming up with solutions for people's lifestyles, for people's well being into their homes. So it's supportive of their health, their happiness, their goals. That's, that's been my focus. That's, that's been my focus. And what a great work to like all these spaces that you're creating that people move in and out of and are impacted in. It's just such a what beautiful thing to do, you know, like to, to be spending your time in thinking about people in that way. And and I realize that I wonder when we don't pay attention enough to our home, mm-hmm. how ungrounded we can be. Because it really is creates it is the place which creates strong foundation for us. And when people obviously when they're transient or um, when they are displaced in some way, you know, it's so unnerving and has a huge impact on people. So, yeah. I hope that you've been inspired to shift gears in your own life. I loved this interview with Marie. Our conversation, as I said, went on and on and on, and um, because we're having such a great conversation. And the, one of the things that has really inspired me about her story is in the midst of 2008, where there was the downturn and that she, her leaving her job to start her own business, to follow her passion, to follow her own dream is, was courageous and has totally worked out. I mean, if you see where she is today. So it tells us that sometimes we get stopped by what doesn't seem like the, the obvious thing to do or doesn't seem like, is this the right time? And sometimes the most challenging moments can, or can turn into be the right time. So it has me pause because we are in a similar moment and maybe even worse really than 2008. And so what are the things that our own passions and maybe actually crystallized for us when we're in challenging times, what matters? So following your passion, following your heart and what brings you joy can pay dividends. So that's why one of the things I took away from my conversation with my um, conversation with Marie. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. The music is by the awesome or female band Blonde. Please get in contact with me on at Shirley McAlpine at my, on my Instagram or you can find me at She's Got Drive podcast Facebook page or you can also find me on my website shirleymcalpine.com forward slash contact me. I look forward to um, hearing from you all. Thank you so much for listening. Go well and stay well. <laughs>